This is the podcast about transatlantic business by MCHM Germany. The Clue. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Clue. My name is Katharina Luise Kittler and I'm the Head of Communications and Government Relations at MCHM Germany. I'm very happy to welcome Chantal Friebertshäuser to our podcast today. Chantal Friebertshäuser is Managing Director at MSD Germany, a member of MCHM Germany, and has been working for MSD since 2007. As Managing Director for MSD Germany, she's responsible for the growth strategy of the company and focuses on the transformation process MSD is currently facing. Chantal Friebertshäuser was born in France and studied international business. And at MSD, she started as marketing manager in 2007. Before becoming the managing director of MSD Germany, she held the position of global brand leader and was responsible for the global marketing of the HPV vaccine. Hello, Mrs. Friebertshäuser, and thank you very much for being on the clue today. Hello, Mrs. Kittler. It's a pleasure to be here. Today, we want to talk a little bit about the current situation in the healthcare and life science industry and which challenges the sector is facing because of the corona pandemic, of course. But before we get right into the topic, I'd like to give our listeners a short introduction of your company, MSD. So maybe as a starting point, could you describe MSD, its history, and maybe the most known projects and activities? Yes, with great pleasure. So MSD is uh, actually called Merck in the US and in Canada and MSD outside the US and Canada. And just because also of um, some roots that uh, still remain in Germany, but uh, it's an American uh, company focused on research and development of innovative pharmaceuticals and vaccines. And uh, it is truly, when you look at MSD Germany, truly a, a German-US cooperation, if you, if you want, with, uh, with a, quite a proud history of uh, 130 years uh, of research and development. We invest a significant portion of our revenue in research and development, and uh, because of that, we're able to revolutionize some of the treatments in, in the world for different type of diseases like cancer, or in infectious disease, diabetes, HIV, for instance. And um, yeah, we have been dedicated to fighting some of the most serious diseases worldwide. And one of the latest we have been quite proud of is uh, the development of a vaccine against Ebola, which was not an easy task, but also immuno-oncology. So many interesting areas. I think we have a lot to talk about during the next minutes. So um, you studied international business and came to MSD in 2007. Why did you decide to work in the healthcare sector and what do you find fascinating about it? As a teenager already, I decided I want to work in the pharmaceutical industry internationally. And I think it comes from two really convictions that I had very early. One is a conviction about the role of business for society. And I grew up in a, in a little family business, but I saw that in action, how important business for societies are. But also I, I've been a, a little ideologist maybe <laughs> around the, the role I could 
maybe the little role I could play in the world in helping helping people and people's health. So I thought about becoming a medical doctor, but I realized through some coincidences that playing a role through the pharmaceutical industry could help on both fronts, right? Help on bringing together the role of business for society as the role of health for society and at the end for wealth as well. And so, so was my way and I've been very fortunate to have good mentors and good opportunities. And while I started working for MSD just 13 years ago, I've been offered a wide range of uh, experiences, global challenges, and, and I found these perspectives very fascinating. So that's how, how it came. And I must say, I never regretted it. It's a, it's a great industry to work in. Yeah, and you just mentioned that um, one of the most important things for you personally and um, maybe also as a motivation is to help other people. And I think that's especially important um, during these times, right? When we think of the corona pandemic um, currently, the pandemic is affecting the economy worldwide and especially companies in the fields of healthcare and life sciences have become the center of attention. So how has your work changed since the outbreak of the pandemic? Well, it changed a lot. And I think you stated it so right. Yes, touching about this conviction of the role of health for society, but also for the economy and vice versa, I think it has not, never been as as visible as it is today through this crisis very clearly. And well, it changed, I think, everybody's way of thinking about that. It changed everybody's way of working today. And so we've seen that as well in, in our company, in our teams, how much it changed that. But it has brought us even more so focusing on our mission as a company of inventing for life and of researching and developing therapeutic options or vaccination options to prevent or to cure for them some of these diseases that affect the world. And so I think on both fronts, we have seen this pandemic really affecting us in a positive and in a negative way, if you want, coming back to our roots and making sure we bring all the expertise we had since so many years in infectious disease and in developing what is a very difficult process of vaccination and bringing that really to have an impact to this, uh, to impact positively this pandemic. So we are researching and acting in that phase, but it's also changing our way of working massively. Yeah, you just pointed out the, the role of research and um, also the role of developing new vaccines. And in preparation of this episode, I, I did some research and I saw that MSD has started three initiatives to fight the coronavirus. Maybe you can tell us a little more about these initiatives. With our mission, with our know-how, with our expertise and footprint, it was very clear that we would invest all the know-how, the expertise and the resources we would have to play our role, to play our role as part of a bigger scientific community, I must say. It's nothing that one company alone or, or it's nothing that one person alone um, could solve out. But we as a company have been uh, starting three different big initiatives Two of them are really focused on finding a vaccine. So we have two different concepts of vaccination. One, uh, engaged in a partnership with, uh, with the Institut Pasteur in France and CEPI 
to develop a vaccine based on a platform that has been very experienced in the world and we have a lot of experience with, which is the, the measles virus platform. The second one is a joint effort with IAV, which is the International AIDS Vaccines Initiative, to develop a vaccine, which is our Ebola vaccine. And from these two programs, you hear already that the way we are looking at that and developing our two concepts is really based on the experience we have with two of existing platforms and how we can transform those so that they are powerful against COVID-19. The third uh, program that we have is focused on developing a treatment. So it's an oral treatment against SARS-CoV-2. This is in collaboration with Richback Bio. And here is the, the hope that through an oral treatment dedicated to COVID-19 that you could give as early as possible to infected people, you could stop the progression of the disease and by that prevent people to get to a worsening of their conditions, even to intensive care, for instance. But we have also a very clear set of principle under which we are developing these different assets. We want to get to solutions as quickly as possible. We want to develop options that can be provided in a very easy way to many people in the world. And so is the way we have looked at the different options and we screen very diligently uh, the different options that were available and want to focus on inventing, changing things where we need to, but not starting from scratch in order to, to get speed. Any of these options will be made available to the world. We will not dedicate the one or the other, not only to the one country or the one continent or the other. We will go where people need it most. We will not make commitment or we will not sacrifice anything would come to safety and efficacy for the price of, let's say, speed. We see this task with a lot of respect and it's not an easy task and we want to make sure that we develop it very diligently. It's very exciting, I must say. Yeah, and it sounds so interesting. And I mean, we have to find new solutions to fight against this virus, but it's also a chance to develop new research methods to work together um, with different companies. So maybe as a quick follow-up question, um, you just pointed out that you work together with many other companies. How do you deal with the topic of competition in the global market? Yes, it's a very good question. There are more than 200 different vaccines programs under development in the world. Some of that will be independently developed, just like we are developing two of them. But we also know that this development can be speed up then if we work in partnership with others. And in many cases, it will be with other kind of partnerships, so public-private partnerships, NGOs, regulatory agencies. And we have the experience with the Ebola vaccine, which was, well, relatively a very quick development of five years, which is a quick development for a vaccine. But we have this good experience and this of this speedy development just because we had the right set of collaboration. And I think that's key. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. And um, you just tackled the topic of time and how much time you need to develop a new vaccine. And of course, these days, the most frequently asked question in this context is, 
when will we have a vaccine for, for COVID-19? And what is your personal estimate, if you can answer this at this moment? Yes, and I think it's a very difficult question. So you will hear different people saying that the hope would be to have a vaccine by the end of the year. You will not hear that from MSD, just because we want to make sure we understand better the development before we can talk about time and because we don't want to create hope and not meet it. And we don't want to create an expectation that times go over science or over the safety or, or whatever. I really personally, and I'm not alone that, there, I really hope that there will be a vaccines by the end of the year. And I think the one which are in develop, under development where there is this hope are done with very new technologies that will allow that to go faster than the traditional way of creating vaccines. I wish that it works. But the matter of the fact is that it hasn't been done before. And so I think we will have to look, to assess, to wait for the science to tell us when it will be as far as it is for us to use this kind of vaccine. So in our case, since we are working with existing technology that we transform on which we put new assets just to make sure we address COVID-19, we know that we can speed up, let's say, part of the process, but still using existing technologies that take longer to develop. And uh, I hope that in our case, our antiviral treatment uh, will be made available sooner than our vaccines in that case. So the pandemic has also forced many companies to switch their focus and implement new business models and growth strategies. You also pointed out uh, new ways of collaborating um, with other companies or scientific organizations. How has MSD reacted to the challenges internally when we, for example, think of home office or new ways of communicating with each other? I would say the first thing has been a clear set of priorities in terms of the first priority was the safety of our employees, of their families, as well as the safety of our customers and patients through delivering, through keeping up the supply chain, keeping up the research and making sure all the patients in the world today get access to the medicines and to the vaccines they need, particularly in that phase, I must say. So the priorities first there have been very clear. But on top of that, it meant for us, just like for everybody else, a very clear shift in, this, in the situation, in the way of working, and with a clear priority of safety of everybody. This new situation is new for everybody. And maybe that's the biggest shift that we are seeing, that we are all learning at the same time in the same way, and we are all trying out. I never used Zoom before COVID-19, to be honest with you. We use other technologies as a company to do these kind of meetings. So all of that, all of these tools we are learning as we go and we are learning all together. But I must say the technology works better than expected. And what it's doing, it's also bringing in a way the private life and the work life, it's now confounding and coming together with all the advantages and with all the drawbacks. It was not easy for people, right? Working from home and being mother or father at the same time and having to deal with homeschooling, et cetera, to, to make that happen. 
but I have been very impressed to see the, all of that working well. And at the end, us being able to go on doing the relevant job and making sure the patients get access to our medicines and we advance our research just as if we were working from the office. And I have a lot of respect for all the teams who made that happen. And I really believe, truly believe that in this phase of social distancing, the only response can be to be close to each other in terms of to listen to each other. And so I heard many people in my team saying, you know what, actually, although I didn't see my team, I had a different or more contacts to some of my colleagues than I had before. And it was more personal contacts. It was listening to each other. It was understanding everybody's situation. And as a team, figuring out how we make it happen. If you let people do, if you empower them, if you give the technology, in a lot of cases, it works. And it's really amazing to see what people can, can do, or how flexibly they, they can react. That is so true. And I made similar experiences during the last weeks. And I think that this is a starting point and that we maybe after the pandemic stick to many new processes and communication tools and um, all these new things we are learning right now. And I mean, especially at MSD, which is a global business due to the pandemic, Traveling is restricted. When I talk to other members of MCHEM Germany, they, they tell me that supply chains are sometimes interrupted. So there are both internally and externally things you have to change. How are you coping with that? Yep, absolutely. So our colleagues are not traveling. It is not such a problem I, I, as I thought it would have been. We usually meet virtually. Of course, that's particularly true for people working in the offices. Now, we still have, of course, big manufacturing sites and big laboratories, and that's not something you can do from home. People keep on going to work in these facilities to make the drugs and the vaccines, as well as in research, but on the very secured environment. It is anyhow the research and the manufacturing of this kind of product is by itself and by definition a secured environment. We have been able to keep the distribution flowing and the supply chain did work quite well. And that's, I think, more or less the case of all research-based pharmaceutical manufacturers. So we, where we saw, of course, here and there, big increase in demand just because of the pandemic. I think it's a very different situation. But overall, for the innovative uh, pharmaceutical products, I think the supply chain worked very well. And that's showing how resilient the industry is and that's showing how resilient such a global way uh, of providing drugs to the world actually work even in such a crisis. I've been quite amazed to see that. And it's not only true for the production, by the way. It has been also true for the research, right? It's so important that we keep on the clinical trials and the research on important diseases. It's not only COVID-19 in the world. We have millions of people dying from cancer, uh, cardiovascular disease. And so the access to care, the access to clinical trials and the further research is so important. And we have been able to keep up our research operation and the clinical trials ongoing, which I think is a very good news. 
Yeah. At the beginning of this year, we all started the new year with specific goals and expectations. How have these changed at MSD and maybe also for you personally? So which new goals do you pursue this year? We have a very strong mission as a, as a company, a mission to invent for life. And while we, we were starting to face this pandemic, it actually just reinforced our mission, but also helped to prioritize in a way how we would deal with that. It was all about keeping our people safe and all about playing our role to bring a solution to the world while making sure we keep on doing the work on cancer, other type of infectious disease, diabetes. What I do think that it has changed is that it has helped to prioritize even more so what is important. And that's sometimes not bad to do so. But I must say what it also changed is the sense of responsibility in COVID-19. And it's a responsibility for the development of an answer and that it is something we don't take lightly, right? It's a big responsibility to develop something like that and to make sure it is not only efficacious, but very safe. And it is also a responsibility in terms of industry and in terms of organization. Because of this crisis, now borders would close. And we, by definition, are a global business with a global supply chain, with viruses that do not know borders that we have to deal with and a global network of scientific experts. And so I do think that we have a responsibility on both fronts, which is the safety of our people, safety and solutions for people in the world, as well as as a global industry and as a global player, how do we make sure we help building and, and reinforcing these unities that we need in this fight against this pandemic? Yeah, I think so too. And you just said that MSD is a global company and within this worldwide scientific network. And MSD is also a member of MCHEM Germany. So transatlantic relations are also an important topic for global companies and have an impact on your work. How would you describe this impact at the current situation? Why are transatlantic relations important to you and your company? Well, transatlantic relationship is very important for us as a company, for our products, and thus for patients worldwide. It is also highly important for trade and investment, which has given us so much peace on the one hand and prosperity on the other hand over the past decades. I'm a convinced global citizen, I'm a convinced European working together is the recipe for peace and for prosperity. And I think we learned that the hard way, and in particular, the transatlantic relationship has been a role model for the world for many, many, many decades, actually. And the U.S. is home for most of our manufacturing and research and development. We have a lot of operations in research as well as in manufacturing outside the U.S., serving both outside the U.S. and the U.S. and vice versa. Germany is as well an important site for clinical research trials, for instance, and for manufacturing for the world as well. 
So it is for us crucial that the transatlantic relationship is, is nurtured and taken care of. It's not only in our interest, it's really in the interest of serving at the end the need of the patients worldwide. And I do strongly believe that as a company with strong roots on both sides of the ocean, as a global player, we have a responsibility, we have a role to play in also demonstrating how important it is to work globally, to cooperate uh, in particular between Europe and the United States. It is key that we play this role. Yeah, of course. Thank you for, for pointing this out. And I think uh, when we talk about transatlantic relations, we also have to take into consideration the importance of the European Union, right? And um, especially the healthcare and life science industry is dependent on policies and regulations on the EU level. And the German EU Council presidency has just started in July. What do you expect from the presidency in regards to the goals of your company? There are high expectations uh, on Germany taking over the EU presidency. It is also a particular phase. And I must say one of the things that COVID-19 also changed is that health out of a sudden is not automatically given good, but it becomes something very special and it's high on the agenda now for all our countries, for the whole globe and for our economy as well. And it's a very different space than it used to have before. So the main goal of the EU presidency will be, of course, to cope with the COVID-19 pandemic. And there's a lot to do politically, economically. And we as a company support any efforts that increase solidarity, unity, efficiency, and, and resilience in Europe in that respect, because that will make us stronger. Apart from COVID-19, there are three major aspects that I think will be important for the EU presidency. The first one is the health data space and the creation of a European health data space. Medical research, patient care can benefit from the use of health data. Prevention, early detection, diagnosis, therapies offer completely new possibilities, especially for rare and chronic diseases, but, um, but overall for, for health. And the second one is there are a lot of pressing health issues like cancer care and the increasing number of, of cases of cancer and death of cancer. For instance, the Europe's Beating Cancer Plan agenda will be key under this um, EU presidency and the German example with the National Decade Against Cancer that emphasizes the relevance of prevention, rapid access to innovative products, patient-centered treatment, all of that will be key and one of the focus. We are now facing a pandemic because of a virus this time, but it could be a bacterial infection that would require other kind of treatments. Now we know that bacteria build defenses against antibiotics. And unfortunately, there are not many incentives for research companies to search after very different possibilities of antibiotics just to fight against this resistance. Several companies, we are part of these, uh, of these companies that 
build action fund investing 1 billion US dollar in research and development for a novel antibiotics just to compensate for this missing focus on that. We have traditionally worked a lot on developing new aspects here, but nevertheless, that will not prevent the policy space to create an environment that delivers more incentives for research for this kind of treatments. And I, I hope that it will be part of these pressing health issues that will be tackled under the EU presidency. And we have all taken for granted that we have drugs against any kind of diseases, particularly in our developed world. And there are vaccines against the, the biggest viruses. And now we discover with COVID-19 that it is not the case. And we discover then out of a sudden how important research and development is and how important it will be in Europe to have an attractive location, advancing digitalization, for instance, maintaining high levels of innovation, friendly protection of intellectual intelligence, promoting a highly skilled workforce, all of that doesn't happen if we don't have a good political environment that gives a frame. You just said that it was very difficult to see that yeah, borders and protectionism and all these reactions to the pandemic influenced the business community, um, especially on both sides of the Atlantic. So what do you wish for in transatlantic relations in the years to come? Well, the EU and US economies are strongly interdependent, right? EU-US is the world's largest trading relationship. Germany depends on exports. In the US, more than 40 million jobs depend on foreign trade. And none of our economies would be so strong without that relationship. So beside the economic aspect, Europe and the US share also strong historical and, and cultural ties. And I hope that in the years to come, this transatlantic relationship will increasingly be defined by common interests and, and shared values. In a year from now, if we would have another podcast interview, what would we be talking about, for example? Maybe would we be talking about a new vaccine, about other uh, scientific research projects? What could be a topic for next year? Oh, yes. I wish in one year we would be talking about how many millions of people on the world would have already gotten the vaccine and how many different options are coming our way. And that we will look back and say, well, the worst is over now and uh, we can start traveling and seeing and, and hugging each other again. So that's really my biggest hope. But I would also hope that we can discuss progress on innovations on other pressing global health challenges, right? Because they are not getting less, just like cancer, like diabetes, like HIV. And at the end, by doing so, we would move back from a lot of fear about what does COVID-19 mean for me, for us, for my mother, my father, my neighbor, my colleagues, but that we would move from there, from fear, to move to hope, talking about innovation in particular. What always strikes me is the fact that in the last hundred years, in a country like Germany, we did win 33-0 years of life expectancy and the majority of that coming from innovation. So the question for me is, in one year from now, 
could we move the agenda in saying we are tackling now in the right way COVID-19 and we are coming now to another agenda, which means how can we win these next 30 years of life ex expectancy, not in the next 100 years, but in the next 10 to 20 years, because we are advancing in a very smart way because of cooperation, because of digitalization, our level of innovation and understanding of health. I wish we could speak about that in one year. I think these were the perfect last word, and I'm very happy that we can end this conversation on a positive note. I think that is very important during these times. So thank you very, very much, Mrs. Fiebertshäuser, for sharing your knowledge and your insights with us today. It was great talking to you and learning so much about MSD, about your company, about the scientific community on both sides of the Atlantic. Let's keep in touch and I'm sure we'll speak with each other again during the next months. With pleasure. Thank you, Mrs. Kittler. So if you want to learn more about transatlantic relations, our member companies and MCHEM Germany's political positions, have a look at our website mchem.de and don't forget to follow MCHEM Germany on social media. Thank you so much for tuning in today and talk to you soon. Thank you.